From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. This is the sound of Congress and the president kicking the can down the road again. For the third time this year, the House representatives have passed a short-term extension of federal funding to keep the government running. A week from today, funding for the federal government will run out, threatening a possible government shutdown. If this feels like deja vu all over again, you're right. President Bush's decision to shut down the government is wrong and unnecessary. The government is partially shutting down because Congress has failed to pass the straightforward legislation necessary to keep the government running. The government shut down in its 10th day now, and with the danger of America defaulting on its debts a week away, President Obama has congressional Republicans coming to the White House for talks. It's getting to be a regular habit for Congress to pass continuing resolutions that keep the government funded on a short-term basis. And with each passing month, it's not getting any easier for politicians to make a deal. So why do we continue to find ourselves in this situation? And what can we expect in the months ahead? With me is Stan Colander, who joins by Skype. He's a professor of public policy at Georgetown University, and he has written about and analyzed the federal budget for many years. Stan, good morning. Good morning. So how does the budget process work? Well, very simply, there are specific deadlines by which Congress is supposed to do a variety of things. It starts with the president submitting a budget between the first Monday in January and the first Monday in February, and then Congress passing its own budget and then passing legislation to uh, implement that budget. The problem is that when Congress and the president don't do what they're supposed to do by when they're supposed to do it, everything backs up. It's kind of like what happens at JFK when there's bad weather and planes to get delayed. So how does that end up affecting how the federal government itself works? Well, you're seeing it again this year with the whole idea of a shutdown. It meant that Congress didn't get a budget from the president until later in the year than usual. It didn't pass appropriations for a variety of reasons by the start of the fiscal year. And uh, because Congress and the president are still negotiating on other issues, it means that Four months into the fiscal year, we're about to get another either continuing resolution to keep the government operating or perhaps a government shutdown. So how does that actually translate out to individual taxpayers? Well, it means a variety of different things. It means that government agencies and departments don't know what they are supposed to spend, whether it's a spending increase or a spending cut or the same. So management efficiency goes down. It's probably the worst way to run a railroad, let alone the way to run a government. So if you're in a place like New York City or New York State and you're you're trying to figure out what your budget is going to be going forward and you depend on the money from the federal government uh, without a budget, without the spending, with the tax cuts coming, I mean, where does it leave states and municipalities? Well, everything from state and local governments that get dollars from the federal government, whether it's transportation dollars or Medicaid or anything else like that, they're going to be left in the lurch for a while. That is, they're not going to know how much they have to spend. And if dollars are reduced later in the year than at the start of the year, it means they're going to have to be implemented more quickly and programs are going to suffer because of it. The opposite is also true. That is, if you're going to get an increase, Congress is going to expect you to spend it in a relatively short period of time. It means that state and local government agencies are going to be rushing to try to get things done to show the government they can do what's supposed to be done. But let me add one more thing. It's not just the state and local governments. It's also all the... uh, nonprofits, the charitable organizations that somehow help the government implement a program or two, whether it's health care or veterans or anything else like that, they also won't know how much they're going to have to spend. And as a result, government efficiency at all levels goes down when the federal government doesn't get its budget done on time. So the budget was due October 1st of last year. What are the effects on politics, on the Republican Party trying to accomplish its agenda if this keeps getting delayed like this? Well, two things. First of all, 
for all the uh, protestations to the contrary by the Republican leadership that they're going to do, quote, regular order and get things done on time. I mean, that's clearly not happening. And they're looking like people who can't make the government operate, even though they're in charge of all three branches. That's number one. Number two, it's going to severely limit what the Republicans are going to be able to do, because without a budget this year, which they still haven't done, they won't be able to use the special procedures known as reconciliation and get a lot of things done without a filibuster. And to explain on that, the reconciliation is this issue where you only need 51 votes to get things passed in the Senate. Yeah, here's the way it's supposed to work. Congress is supposed to pass a budget resolution. That is the congressional budget in response to what the president submits. Then if they assume changes in taxes or, or mandatory spending programs, everything from Medicare to Medicaid to veterans benefits and a variety of things in between, then they use these special procedures known as reconciliation, where they reconcile what was assumed in the budget, the congressional budget, with the actual law, current law. And the real value of reconciliation is that it prevents a filibuster in the Senate. So it's the only time where individual members can, can basically be told, you don't matter. But we're going to get this done because that's what we passed in the budget. So if you lose that because they don't have a budget, uh, and now we're also going into an election year, what are we looking forward to in 2018? Well, whether you're looking forward to it or not, the, the bottom line is expect nothing to happen. That's upbeat. Yeah. In fact, there's even some word now that Senate Republicans aren't even going to try to pass a budget this year so that you won't be able to use reconciliation. And that... We know now that everything from Medicare, Medicaid reform, as Republicans were calling it, to maybe uh, fixing some of the mistakes they made in taxes to doing any new appropriations, very, very unlikely. The, even if last year was a year when they didn't get much done, this year could be even less. Okay, so here's one solution that's being proposed. Maybe all of you should start thinking about going back to a form of earmarks, because this system... <laughs> earmarks. Those were banned several years ago by Republicans. What would that mean to bring them back, and could that actually get things going again? The theory is that if members of Congress are given things for their districts or states in these appropriations bills, uh, they're more likely to vote for them. First of all, I don't expect Republicans to deal with it. It's a hot-button issue with conservatives, and it's not clear they'd go along. Second, I'm not sure it would really make much difference overall. Okay, so how do we break this cycle that we're in? Well, I wish I could tell you that it was going to be easy and that there was a magic bullet. But the truth is that we're in an era of hyper-partisanship where compromise is considered uh, collaborating with the enemy. And so unless there's a crisis, either an economic crisis or a natural disaster or a man-made crisis like a war— I don't really expect that this is going to change very much anytime soon. Even if there's a Democratic wave in the next election, I don't expect the majorities to be so big that the other side won't be able to filibuster in the Senate or to stop things from happening in the House. Everyone should remember the phrase uh, government shutdown because it's going to be something that's basically standard operating procedure in the next couple of years. Stan Collender is a public policy professor at Georgetown University. You can find him on Twitter at The Budget Guy. Stan, thank you very much. My pleasure. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.